Hello and welcome to Building High Performance Cultures, a weekly series where we talk with executives from top organizations about how they built high performance cultures and how they're leveraging their culture as competitive advantage. I'm Marty Parker, the president and CEO of Waterstone Human Capital, and my guest today is the president of AstraZeneca Canada, Jane Chung. Jane, welcome to Building High Performance Cultures. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you. Now, a little bit more about Jane. So Jane is a proven business and people leader with nearly 20 years of experience in the North American biopharmaceutical industry. With a strong focus on driving culture of employee empowerment and engagement, she came to AstraZeneca Canada after playing a critical role in building and leading the company's oncology franchise in the United States. And most recently, she served as vice president and head of AstraZeneca's U.S. immuno-oncology franchise, where she was accountable for all aspects of marketing and sales uh, of the company's immunico-oncology medicines. And prior to this, she led the oncology business in the U.S. West region as the senior commercial uh, business director. Now, before joining AstraZeneca, Jane held diverse roles with Onyx Pharmaceuticals, Genentech, Novartis, and Pharmacia. And a former practicing clinical pharmacist, her firsthand experience in patient care helps fuel her passion and power of science to make a meaningful difference in the lives of people. And that means a lot in a day like today. Now, Jane, I can't imagine that there's anyone on the face of the earth right now who is not familiar with AstraZeneca, as you can imagine. But but just in case, <laughs> they'll be somewhere under a rock or without any technology for the last 10 plus months. Tell us a little bit about the organization and particularly about the culture of AstraZeneca Canada. A culture, by the way, that has been named recently as a 2020 Canada's most admired corporate culture winner with our own Waterstones program. So give us a little detail of uh, AstraZeneca, the business and the culture here in Canada. So thanks for having me here today uh, with you, Marty, uh, and appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit more about AstraZeneca. Uh, AstraZeneca is a, a global biopharmaceutical company that's focused in uh, science, uh, discovery, de development, and uh, commercialization uh, in areas of oncology, uh, cardiovascular metabolic disease, and respiratory and immunology. In Canada, we have roughly 950 employees in, uh, across the country, and um, we ha actually have a global clinical hub that runs trials out of Canada, uh, almost about 100 clinical trials uh, in 50 different countries. And um, I think what's really exciting uh, today is uh, the science has advanced in such an uh, advanced and um, innovative way. We're talking about medicines that are completely redefining uh, standard of care and transforming uh, sort of the treatment paradigm for many diseases. And this is really very, very exciting. Uh, and, and also incredibly exciting is that we've had uh, an ability to help fight the pandemic uh, with, with COVID. And so um, while we were not traditionally a vaccines company historically, we have actually partnered with University of Oxford to deliver one of their vaccine candidates to help out uh, in this uh, pandemic effort to do what we can to help the, uh, the, the community. Well, AstraZeneca has, of course, made headlines most recently. 
the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine being approved and being rolled out in a number of countries. But talk a little bit, Jane, if you would, about the response to COVID-19 pandemic that AstraZeneca Canada has had and the work you're doing to support the health of patients during this time. Yeah, you know, so I've been incredibly proud of how the um, AstraZeneca team and company has really um, tried to help out in this unique circumstance. Um, I've always believed that, you know, in times of challenge and difficulty, sometimes it brings out the best in people and the best in companies. And what we've been able to do at AstraZeneca is actually partner with the University of Oxford, who have an expertise in this field, in the scientific area. And we uh, uh, and, and what we've done is made a commitment to equitable distribution across the world um, for both high, medium, and low-income countries. Uh, and so, and, and I think we were the, one of the first uh, companies to actually uh, share uh, that we would do this at a not-for-profit uh, during the pandemic. So I think it's it's really uh, a, an opportunity to help. Uh, the world in, in, our, in our way by focusing on the science that is transformative and that is uh, innovative uh, and, and do our part uh, in, in getting us back to some semblance of normalcy. I would also say that I've been incredibly proud of how the team has come together in other ways to help out the COVID pandemic uh, in, above and beyond just the vaccine candidate, which is critically important. But um, in, in, in addition to that, we have actually donated um, 200,000 uh, surgical masks and N95 masks to the Public Health Agency of Canada, uh, as well as uh, clinical pharmacists. And in addition, we have uh, uh, tried to serve uh, the vulnerable patient uh, uh, population uh, with respect to all the existing patients that are currently on AstraZeneca medicines. How do we continue to provide adequate supply for those patients, uh, for our patients that we uh, have the privilege to serve? And then in addition to that, we've also donated uh, to the Canada Food Banks uh, of, uh, so to, to make sure that people uh, have the necess necessary, uh, necessary basics in order to uh, survive in uh, this pandemic. And in addition to that, we've actually stood up an AZ CARES program that actually uh, impacts any uh, that tries to provide our medicine medicines uh, free of charge for any pa uh, any person that has somehow been adversely impacted by COVID and have lost their employment. Clearly, there's a culture of care at, at AstraZeneca, but beyond that, how would you describe the culture at AstraZeneca Canada? Yeah, at AstraZeneca Canada, it's um, really quite remarkable. As you mentioned earlier, I've been part of. Uh, I've been very fortunate to be part of several different companies um, in my career. And I can say what really stands out about AstraZeneca Canada is its people focus and its patient focus. Um, I think in pharma, um, in our industry, there is inherent value and reward that comes from bringing great medicines to, uh, to life and to bring them to market to help patients live a better and uh, extended life. Uh, that's inherent, but when we see science uh, advancing at such a trajectory where you're not talking about incremental change at this point, you're talking about transformative change to bring uh, sort of um, life ending diseases to more chronic situations and really revolutionizing some of those disease areas. I think that's really compelling in and of itself, but at the same time, great science, great data, 
uh, in and of themselves do not move uh, a market. They do not build a market uh, in and of themselves. So uh, we actually, uh, that's why we focus so much on people. And, and I've always had this mindset that you take care of people and then people take care of the business. And we have that philosophy and it's fundamental to uh, AstraZeneca and AstraZeneca Canada. And so we, um, we really try to do our best to create an environment where it's safe for people to uh, really thrive and uh, get engaged and feel comfortable to be themselves uh, and, and to help contribute to how we wanna shape uh, our future together. So I think it's a very vibrant one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of high energy, high engagement. We, we take uh, culture very seriously at AstraZeneca Canada. Uh, not every place does that, um, sadly, uh, and, and it matters. It really matters in, in getting the best out of your people. Yeah, it really does, and you understand that. As President Jane, you know, how do you see your own role in terms of affecting, leading, enhancing the culture at AstraZeneca Canada? Yeah, great question. I think, um, so let me be clear. I think culture and success in a company is not built on the backs of one person. Uh, you, you need a team, you need great people, you need a, a great environment. Uh, and so uh, I think as, as uh, president, uh, it's important to set a very positive and, and healthy tone and the value of culture and, uh, and, and supporting a very open, nurturing environment, safe environment for people to contribute and say what's on their minds and, and share what's important to them. And, and then I also think uh, what helps in, in um, motivating people is sharing context and the why behind our decisions. And many, often, many times we don't spend enough time communicating uh, the context or the why. We, we spend more time on the what. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, sorry about the beeping. <laughs> uh, and, and then finally, I would say, um, you know, uh, I think it's, it's incumbent on everybody to contribute to that culture. Uh, culture is not something that stands alone and is stagnant. It actually grows with the evolution and growth of the, of the team. And everybody has an opportunity to contribute to what, uh, to what that looks like, how that feels, and how we shape it, um, our future together. Wow. Yeah. Well said. Um, always a challenge, though, in a high-performance culture like AstraZeneca Canada, to find the balance between being people focused and high performance. And, and how do you do that? You know, it's a great question. I, I think that um, I try to keep things simple. You know, in, in our world, in my job, it's about people and it's about the business. And the business part is actually quite uh, a lot easier. <laughs> you know, the what it takes to make strategic decisions and numbers and all of the financials and, and sort of your uh, priorities, that's, that's something a bit easier for me. Uh, it's the people piece that takes more time and more investment. Everybody's motivi motivated by something different. And how do you tap into that um, to really get the best out of your people and your team? Uh, that's where you want to make sure that, uh, you know, that the people investment, the people strategy is just as important, if not more so, in delivering uh, great success for a company. And, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, if you have this belief that people are the ones that drive your business, you take care of your people, and then the rest will follow, I think that's why uh, it's so important that we, we focus on that. Yeah. 
in the back. Now, when we spoke a few months ago, a number of months ago now, um, around the Canada's Most Admired Cultures Award process, you described the AstraZeneca Canada kind of culture as being speak up, or as you put it, a speak up culture, where people feel comfortable asking questions, raising concerns, have that what we call psychological safety, if you will. Why is this so important? And how do you develop and maintain a culture where people feel safe to speak up? Yeah, so why it's important is because, again, uh, a company's success is not built on one person having all the answers, right? Uh, we, we know and value, uh, it, it, there's no stronger, more compelling way to value your people by, by, other than by listening to them. Uh, and, and many, uh, we hire very talented uh, people with expertise in their area. And, uh, you know, why would we hire them and then not listen to them? <laughs> uh, we, we need to tap into uh, what's, what's, uh, what, how they're thinking, what they're thinking, so that we can all be better together. Uh, and it goes to not only making the better decisions around your business decisions, but it also goes to motivating and making people feel like they have an opportunity to speak up and have skin in the game and, and shape our future together, right? So it's, it's, uh, it, it has a dual effect in that way. Um, I think um, how we do it is we start off by really listening others uh, and, and we um, uh, make sure that we support try to listen for understanding, not to just hear people, but understand why and what they may be saying uh, and, and uh, appreciate sort of where they're coming from from that. Uh, and I think, you know, how we do it, we can, you know, it, it, in this new environment uh, the, with the advances of virtual connections, we try to, I think it, it has made it easier to some extent, right? To be able to connect with many more people and probably in more um, intimate environments where people can have this face-to-face, -face, although it's not live, it's virtual, uh, but it helps you connect with, with folks. Um, and I think that's, um, I, I think it's really important to, to have a good understanding and good insights all over your, at all levels of the organization. Um, for me, culture is, is a bit of a measure of um, uh, having a voice at every level of the uh, organization. You know, it's sometimes when you ask people, how do you define culture? It's very hard to do. But to me, it's very simple. If you have a, an ear and you, you give a voice to people at every level of the organization, it can be very powerful. Uh, and, and people uh, feel like they have skin in the game to be able to help shape and do more. And what they do is so meaningful to the company's success that it is uh, a, a bit of a, a very uh, self-cycle sort of motivating thing for people. Yeah. And it's not hard to do because it requires yeah. a lot of asking and even more listening. Yeah, we, we've actually started doing some roundtables where, you know, we don't have an agenda. It's an open agenda, uh, you know, and it, it kind of made people uncomfortable in the beginning, but it's actually very uh, effective to, to say, okay, it's, it, we're going to turn these uh, events on its head and we're going to listen to our team and what's, what's on your mind. What are the things that we could be doing better? How, uh, what are the pain points that you're seeing uh, in your uh, life, whether it comes to life or, or work? Um, and uh, what, are, what are the needs and how can we continue to improve uh, and challenge the status quo and, and improve what we do every day? Yeah, well, sometimes no agenda can lead to some very interesting insights, can it? 
Yeah, it's actually become some of the more popular events where people are actually the attendance to those types of events. In the beginning, people were a little bit scared, you know, uh, you know, in, in terms of fearful of, of what they may say. Is there any retribution towards, uh, you know, radical honesty, if you will? <laughs> but uh, but if you really uh, have a, a, a an open uh, agenda and you listen for understanding and, and can model that and, and demonstrate that to others, um, people feel a lot safer to be able to engage that way. And I think um, it's critically important for us to continue to do that, especially since our futures and our, our, or our current state of the world is, is so different. Uh, and so we're going to have to lean on every area of our business to get us through this. Right. And speaking of speak up, <laughs> yeah. um, how does the speak up culture tie into your approach to diversity and inclusion of subjects we are kind of all obsessing about these days for good reason? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it ties very complementary. It's a, it's uh, it gives us a, a path towards embracing inclusion and, and diversity and a path to doing that effectively. Um, to me, uh, diversity is, of course, you know, having a different uh, background and culture and appreciating and valuing all that, but it's also about different thinking and different perspectives. And um, Speak Up allows you to share those uh, different perspectives uh, more freely and uh, also uh, in a safe environment where people feel that they can share their unique uh, experiences, their unique insights and learnings, that's when the magic happens. Uh, and so how do we tap into that more so? Uh, because, you know, I, I think the, the new normal will require us to do different things. And what, what's made us successful in the past is not going to be enough for us to be successful in the future. We have to tap into the diversity of our experiences, our learnings and our people and, and really um, be more disruptive in how we engage and how we deliver success in the future. Right, no, I agreed with that. Um, now, in addition to fostering this kind of speak up culture where people can express themselves, you have another other, a number of other ways to gain feedback and to listen to your employees. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about how you measure culture engagement and how you action that feedback. Yeah, we talked about the round tables and the conference calls with open agendas and, and, and so forth. Uh, at, at AstraZeneca, we, we take this seriously. We actually measure this as part of our performance uh, every year. We actually have a, um, a comprehensive uh, employee engagement, employee feedback survey that's done twice a year. Uh, that's uh, as an integral part of our, our business. Um, people know we call it Pulse, um, and we measure sort of our engagement uh, scores, and 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 we and we also allow for free text. I'm one of those um, in a bit off. I'm a bit. Um, uh, passionate about feedback and uh, one of those people that's really passionate about feedback and so I'm I will take the time to read all of the you know thousands of comments that come in in the free text to really try to understand you know the high level scores that we receive because I think if people are willing to take the time to give us the feedback then we should value uh, that uh, input and actually take the time to really uh, read and understand where they're coming from. 
so to me, these are highly valuable, uh, um, and uh, we we um, it, it's it's a normal part of our our way of operating. And I think uh, this is a really great strategy to continue that um, that um, the, the the way we measure um, uh, engagement. Oh, very good. Now, through your twenty plus year career, I'm sure you've received a lot of great insight, counsel, experience, and advice. But what's the best advice you've ever received, Jane? And, and how did it help shape you, particularly as a leader? Yeah, I think in my 20 years career or life, I think there's many people who will um, either tell you that you can't do something or that you uh, will have a different uh, um, path for you based on their own experiences. And I think, you know, uh, what's really important, and as people grow uh, in their careers and they get a better sense of themselves, um, that it's important to listen to your own inner voice and uh, believe in yourself and know thyself in a in in a stronger way. Um, everybody can, if you if you speak to twenty five different people about your uh, about career and development, you'll get twenty five different um, uh, versions of, of what you could potentially do. And so how do you know yourself well enough that you know where your strengths are and where your vulnerabilities are and where you're going to invest? Because every individual will take a different path potentially. Uh, at AstraZeneca Canada, we don't believe that there's an algorithm uh, that you need to necessarily check the box on five different steps to get to a certain position. It's about knowing yourself and everybody will take a different path based on um, um, based on their strengths and their unique uh, areas of growth. So you've really focused on your own and, and what, what you bring by kind of knowing yourself. And I think, by the way, I think above all, you're gonna learn, a lot of us can learn a lot of different skills and there are a lot of great ones to learn, but unless we shape them around our own gifts and talents, it, it, it doesn't come across as authentic. Yes. And, uh, yes. and uh, so I think what, what you've learned and what you've shared here is- It's is, not easy to do, Marty. It's not right. easy to do because I no. think early on in your career, you're highly impressionable. You see big leaders actually um, demonstrate some great qualities. You want to emulate those. And so you want to uh, demonstrate proficiency so quickly. And, and then you may or may not really understand how you can come into that authentically. And finding your authentic voice is not is, is a journey. Uh, and and uh, for different folks, uh, I can tell you that I, I am a, a bit of a pleaser. I try to to um, uh, you know make people happy if I can. Uh, it's not uh, always possible to make everybody happy. It's a hard lesson I've had to learn. Uh, but at the same time, how do you still stay you? and authentically you and you know um you know we talked about uh you know sort of the speak up culture and how do you uh, also make people feel safe it's also not being perfect right uh, there are times where i will think out loud and and what will come and will be unfiltered uh, and that's okay and i think it's it's okay to show and uh people that you're not a perfect person as well because then they don't expect that they themselves have to be perfect as well in fact, I think it's critical that vulnerability drives authenticity. Yes. And then, you know, borrowing those things that align to our authentic selves, but your authentic voice, um, I think philosophy, I'll call it, is, is a great one. And unfortunately, 
at least in my experience. And I started in pharma. I didn't mm. stay in pharma. And it was a great experience for me with Johnson & Johnson. Absolutely terrific. But through that experience and every other one I've had, including you know almost 20 years of being an entrepreneur, uh, there is no course on finding your authentic voice that I've uncovered yet. It, it's time and it's the generosity of spirit of others who remind you in the most caring way of what you might be like. And when you hear it enough, you might even listen. <laughs> and so I think you're right. I think you've touched on something that is such a critical pillar, uh, a foundation of, of having the rest go right. And uh, I can see it's approached the culture that you as the leader have helped shape at AstraZeneca Canada. Yeah. Now, now looking out, Jane, um, pick a number, three to five years, what do you see as critical to aligning your people to your culture at AstraZeneca Canada and to sustaining your high performance culture? Yeah, we have a, in the next three to five years, we have a very bold ambition for AstraZeneca Canada. We have the potential with our transformative science and our rich pipeline uh, that um, uh, we could be one of the top three companies, pharmaceutical companies in Canada. Uh, and at the same time, I think it's more than just uh, revenue. It is uh, about, and business opportunity, it's, it's more than that. Uh, COVID has taught us that very real lesson that, you know, it's also about doing good in the world. Uh, and so how do we strive to be more than just a big pharmaceutical company, but more of like a, we, we aspire to be one of the most trusted pharmaceutical companies in Canada. Uh, by patients, by the public, by the government, uh, that's going to take a lot more work uh, to build that credibility, that reputation, and that trust. Uh, and to me, that is the uh, even bigger goal, if you will, uh, to be able to do that. Um, you know, I think uh, pharma, sometimes the public perception of, of pharmaceuticals, um, depending on how close you are to the industry, can be different and, and can sometimes be negative, uh, more angled around the business than around the patient, uh, science, uh, research and discovery and innovation. And so we have to uh, provide very good examples of how uh, industry can rise above and, and provide value. Uh, and even during this COVID time, never has there been a, a, an opportunity to shine a light on what pharmaceutical innovation, research and development can do to, uh, to help uh, us get back to some sort of semblance of normalcy in our uh, real world. So I, I think, you know, um, yeah, we need to tap into doing things differently. Our, our world has fundamentally changed uh, in COVID and in possibly we needed a little bit of a kick in the butt to actually accelerate some of the technology that we were talking about, you know, one year ago or six months ago. And that's, that's fine. I see, you know, the digital world is coming. Uh, data is a lot more powerful in terms of how to potentially make our world more efficient and more strategic. Um, how do we uh, really build new capabilities and um, lean into these transformative changes in a way that's disruptive? Uh, you look at different business models that are going to fundamentally change. Uh, and so for me, it's, it's, we've got great talent. Uh, we've got great people, as I mentioned. Uh, we're very, very fortunate to have that. So how do we um, get people to really embrace change and not because in a way that uh, uh, 
helps them learn new skills, uh, be, be more agile, be more nimble, uh, be more disruptive in how we approach the market and our business and our people uh, to make a difference. And because sometimes uh, human nature is, is uh, based on, human nature is such that, you know, what, what, what made us successful in the past we're very confident in that strategy. And so we anchor back to the things that we are comfortable doing, but I need people to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, stretching themselves into new areas and really reimagining what uh, the new world could be and what capabilities will need to be stood up and actually strengthened in order for us to have that competitive advantage to be uh, and continue to make a meaningful difference in the world around us. A great answer. And I think, you know, it's also exhilarating and frightening at the same time. Yes, to think that, it is. You know, so it's comfortable with, with being uncomfortable, uh, can be motivating one day and terrifying the next, right? It just depends on the day you're listening to well, that. You're not learning unless you're uncomfortable. Correct. There's, yeah. there's that piece too. <laughs> so my last question, not unlike the question of, you know, what you've learned, what's been the biggest impact on you as a leader, but what's the one piece of advice, Jane, that you'd give a young person to a new leader, to someone who's starting their high performance culture journey, uh, be it in a pharma company, in a manufacturing business, as an entrepreneur, what would you share with them that you think would be invaluable? Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. There's so many things uh, to to think of. Um, I think early on in, in anyone's career, if I were to even look back on my own, uh, you know, things there, there's this hunger for learning and, and, and at an incredible pace. Uh, people want to shoot to the stars. And, and then when I speak to millennials today, it's, it's all about, um, you know, getting to the top very quickly. Uh, and so how to um, sort of make the most of your journey. Uh, smell the roses as you go through that process. Uh, you know, a big picture perspective, find something you absolutely love and then find a way to get paid for it, <laughs> right? Uh, that's the holy grail, uh, I think. You know, I, I love what I do and, and I don't actually see it as work. And I have this privilege to work with amazing people uh, and, and figure out how to solve different problems and actually still deliver on uh, great medicines that can support and benefit so many patients. That's, that's quite rewarding in and of itself. But then to uh, be able to build teams, build the leaders of the future, that is something that is really so, so um, uh, rewarding and so uh, amazing in terms of an opportunity. Uh, I, would, I would challenge people to, to kind of find something that they love to do as well uh, and really find the fun in it as well for the journey. Uh, you know, it's not just a race to the top. It's about smelling the roses and really learning, going in, in, in with a focus, not to just check the box and say, you've done it. Uh, I, I, I talk to a lot of young people these days and they're like, well, I've done this, I've done that, I've, I've done this. I'm like, what have you learned in the process? Uh, what are those great nuggets that you've walked away saying that you either love this experience or not love this experience? And how does it, that then that shape you 
to what you want to do next and what you want to do in your uh, lifetime. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, hopefully some some uh, advice I would take uh, back because I, I, in some respects, I do regret uh, not enjoying the experience and uh, the the journey as much as I, I could have. Uh, and so I would I would uh, share that in terms of um, things to think about. Yeah, great advice. And you know, uh, find there is a with those younger developing leaders, there is a hung, hunger, there's an incredible capability, possibly greater than I've ever seen before, uh, but possibly as well, taking those experiences around what, what individuals love and applying them in a series of projects, maybe laterally is yeah. as helpful as just a more historic, uh, you know, horizontal, increase responsibilities, money, et cetera, that you can do as well and possibly gain more experiences by looking at your career as a series of projects and experiences as opposed to a series of jobs and titles. It's a great point, Marty, because I myself have taken four or five lateral moves and my peers have uh, sometimes uh, questioned me as to why did you do that? And, and you know, it didn't come with a title. It didn't come with other things. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a promotion, but it was definitely different experiences. I felt I could stretch myself in areas that I were not, I was not um, particularly expert in at that time. And so I do think going um, deep, but also having breadth is very, very critical in becoming a big leader uh, in the future. Um, you can never do, you know, 50 jobs in your career. Maybe some can, <laughs> but you want to be choiceful in the start of your career. It's good to be strategic and choiceful on, on the uh, experiences that you want to gain and, and how that then um, rounds out your experience and your skill set to be able to do bigger jobs in the future. It's true. I, I, I did too. And I didn't always feel great about it because I was wondering if I was stepping back or across. But I can tell you that saying yes certainly um, benefited me a lot more than saying no. And, uh, and for some reason, uh, for, for the most part, on top of a series of maybe non-successes too, uh, I found my way. But I want to, first of all, thank you, but also, you know, just kind of refresh on a few things we heard about today. This concept of finding your authentic voice, I think, is really something that I'll take away from, from you, Jane, as an um, important, great understanding for anyone in terms of becoming a better leader and building a, a, a higher performance culture and encouraging that people find that. And, and I think, you know, with that, believing in yourself, being not being afraid to take on kind of challenges, being purposeful and being thoughtful, uh, I do think that um, we're going to see more trust and authenticity across organizations. But if we look at the, the brand name pharmaceutical industry, I think it's an incredible opportunity here for us all to take a look at what's been achieved with all sorts of folks inside and outside the industry's help, but something that can be achieved when we put our minds to it, which can be applied to anything. This is an incredible inspirational story that if we pay attention, we're going to be reading case studies on and learning from for time uh, and memoriam. And then I really uh, thought that there's this theme in speaking to you about embracing change and embracing the fact that being uncomfortable is what we're going to have to find a way to be comfortable with, particularly if we're going to work our way through this new normal in this new digital society and all the things that that bring us, many of which can be great benefits. 
um, and possibly even have the courage to know when we can and should be together. So I wanna thank you, Jane. Um, this was terrific. Uh, we're obviously in great hands and with AstraZeneca Canada, with you at the leadership and with your team. And I'm so delighted that you came on today and even more delighted that AstraZeneca has been named as one of Canada's most admired corporate cultures for 2020. You're a great example uh, of this and, and the timing is phenomenal. So thank you, Jane, uh, President of AstraZeneca Canada. Thank you, Marty. Thank you again, Jane. And join us next week for another episode of Building High Performance Cultures. And in the meantime, if you want to learn more about this topic or some of the interviews or subjects, please join us at visitwaterstonehc.com.